Tabiso Musia on SAFM. And uh, finishing uh, playing a good final, no? So, yeah, super happy and can't thank enough everybody for for the support since the since the first day that I I got here, no? So, yeah, very emotional. The the mindset is very clear, no? I gonna uh, keep uh, working and uh, to try to find. Uh, a solution and an improvement for for what's happening uh, in the foot. I was able to play during these two weeks uh, with uh, with an extreme conditions. No, I, I have been playing with uh, with an injections uh, on the nerves uh, to slip the foot. Of course, Roland Garros is Roland Garros. Everybody know how much means to me this tournament. So I wanted to. To, to keep trying and to give myself a chance here. We achieved our dreams. Me, Roger, Novak, uh, we achieved things that uh, probably we never expected. You know, it's not about the goal, about winning more titles. It's about the goal, a goal to give myself a chance to keep doing what I like to do. Okay, those are the words of the now 14-time champion of the French Open, Rafael Nadal. And let's look back at the tournament. And uh, we are joined on the line by South Africa's former director of tennis and the renowned doubles coach, uh, Jeff Kutzer, who also played, of course. Uh, coach, good evening. Thanks for being able to take our call on SAFM tonight. Hi, good evening. Thanks for having me. Thanks, coach. Where does this 14th title of, of Rafa rank in his list of achievements, considering his battles with injury that he's been talking about, coach? Yeah, I mean, I think it's tough. Uh, I mean, just listening to that last bit, you know, it's all about the goals for these guys. Yes, the numbers add up in the Grand Slams, but and, and most importantly, it's for them to be healthy. So I think uh, uh, <laughs> a remarkable achievement, you know, winning 14 Roland Garros and 22 Grand Slams is just absolute, uh, re- absolutely remarkable. Yeah, And as a, as a former pro yourself, Coach, how difficult is it to play with injections and painkillers and all of that? Look, it's not easy, you know, You every athlete or whether it's uh, in every different sport, you know, as a professional athlete, you come to the stages, you know, you, you, you have your goals, uh, you have your team around you and, and you just kind of get by, you know, every day is different. It all depends how the body reacts to certain matches and how you sleep and how you wake up. But, you know, uh, 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 if I take myself, I basically stopped because I didn't enjoy it anymore. I didn't enjoy waking up with pain. I'm winning matches, but I'm not enjoying because I know I can't do as much as I can. Mm. I can't even imagine what he had to go uh, through the last few few, few weeks, you know. And, it, and it's difficult to make these decisions. But when I watched the match yesterday, you know, obviously the doctor has done some magic there for him. But who knows what he's feeling like now today, tomorrow, the day after, you know, is it another, do I do it over and over again? That's more the difficult part for for, 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 for these guys when they come to the latter part of their careers. Yeah. Let's look back at that final a little bit. It was a demolition of Kaspar Ruud. Um, some say it was a disappointing final because it was one-sided. Or should Nadal get more credit? I think... Um, you know what, let's give Nadal more credit because if you look at the semis, how he played, the conditions suited Zverev uh, very well, should have won the first set, should have won the second set. And then obviously that's not the way you ended. So in theory, you know, going into the match, it was probably a six-minute difference how many hours they spent on court. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Ruth spent eight, 18 hours, two minutes, and Nadal spent 18 hours, eight minutes on court. But the difference is when you get to a final not just any final, Roland Garros final. Everybody knows how difficult this. There's a reason why Rafa's only lost like three matches there, but not in the final. So there's a there's a huge difference. And when and and, and even he said it himself in in his speech. Now I know what it's like to play you in the final. 
you know, as he practiced with Rafa, he's never won beating the guy in practice, obviously even in that. And now you're going into the biggest stage of your career, the first time he's ever in the final, playing a guy that won 13 times at that court and now to beat him, you know. It, it's very difficult. And yes, a little bit disappointing because I felt like maybe he had one set, but once Rafa got up to two sets to love, it was just, you could see he was playing a lot more freer and freer, although uh, there was few glimpses where, where you kind of saw that this is not the Rafa we know. You know, when once he goes up a set and he breaks, he hardly loses serve in the way he lost serve there, but then he bounced back right into it. So, uh, yeah, a little bit of disappointment, but all the credit to Rafa. Yeah, and he moves two Grand Slam titles clear now, Federer and Djokovic. Is this what will separate these three greats at the end of their careers, coach? Yeah, I think, you know, what we, we, we are so lucky. To be honest, we as tennis fans, as tennis coaches, ex-players, we are so lucky to have three guys in the same era. You, this is like unheard of. This is where like you, you get maybe one guy. You know, in so many, uh, so many years, but to have three of them to win, you know, 62 Grand Slams amongst the three of them, it's unheard of. You know, it's, it's, it's very good. And I think that's not going to be the, the last. You know, I think honestly, uh, whether Nadal will win more, I think Djokovic will definitely, because he is younger than all of them. Uh, uh, and I think he'll ultimately, my belief, I think if, if, if he stays healthy and if he, He's allowed to play Australia and U.S. Open, and I think, yeah, he'll definitely uh, win more than 22 for sure. Yeah, and there's been a lot of talk about the next gen, the likes of Zverev and Tsitsipas and all these guys. Are they still the next gen, or should we look at some of these rising stars now like Alcaraz and even this uh, Holger Rune? Yes, I think uh, we got to look at the next generation, but if you look at Alcaraz, you know, uh, he's he's got everything. We talk about Nadal, Federer, and Djokovic. He, he, he is one. He's all three of them in one person. So he has everything. So it's just a matter of time. First time, obviously, you know, like Roland Garros, last year he did really well at the at US Open. That was kind of his kickstart. And now he lost to somebody that played really good, you know, in the quarterfinals. So I, I feel like he's he's only 19 years old. A uh, lot of expectations, but I still feel like he will win uh, many more uh, Grand Slams, and especially at, at Roland Garros. But you look at Rude that just made finals. I think Zverev's going to win. Uh, I, I, I feel like Dominic T might have another one, you know. To, and there's obviously all the other guys are also coming through. But for me, Alcaraz, Rude, and Zverev, uh, and Tsitsipas, those ones uh, kind of just on the top of my head. I think they'll they'll start winning Grand Slams as well in the near future. So you're saying Alcaraz has everything, coach? No, 100%. I mean, the, the guy, the, the, the last, I, I, I was lucky enough, I was in Barcelona a few years ago when he was 15 years old, and they brought him, and everybody talked about him, like, wow. Two, three years later, I saw the guy, I'm like, wow, this kid is going to be absolute phenomenal. Just the way he goes about things, his maturity at that age, and you know, we're talking about Alcaraz, we're talking about somebody that's top 10, but yet he's only 19 years old. You know, he's got such a long way to go, but yet he's done so much already in such a short period of time. So I think definitely uh, 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 is basically you have to go out and beat him. And there was a glimpse that I saw for the first time, mm. the nervousness, the expectations. But up until before the French, I didn't really see anything of that. And that's, uh, if you listen to Djokovic, Nadal, his maturity, what he has, he's coming to the net. He's not afraid. He knows how to cover the net. He returns well. He's got Drafa's mentality with Djokovic mentality. He has a bit of everything. Oh, wonderful. Let's take a call from uh, Colin, my friend, in Cape Town. Good evening. Good evening, Tabisu. Good evening and to you. Good evening to your guests. Have you been Tabisu? watching the tennis? Excuse me? Yes. Tell me. Um, I would like to ask your guests, man. 
you know, I know Rafael Nadal's been um, having problems with injuries and all those things. But uh, what what strikes me, uh, when he goes onto the court or something like that, and I heard your guest saying something about painkillers and things like that. Now, does that not enhance his play? Because uh, take an, uh, the other guy that he played against, um, what's his name now? But anyway, uh, yeah, uh, he got injured. Now let's say you got oh, a pin, you got a pinch nerve or something like that. Uh, uh, Nadal won that match, but uh, let's say you got a pinch nerve in your foot or something like that, which is not serious. Uh, could one get an injection and continue the game? Why is it that? Uh, Certain players, well, I wouldn't say okay. certain, yeah. I hear you, uh, I hear you, Colin. I think he's referring to Zverev rolling his ankle yeah. in that semi-final against Rafael Nadal. And maybe he wants to know, coach, what's the difference? How can Nadal continue playing and others can't? And uh, and these injections that he, take, he takes, are they allowed? Yes, no, they obviously are allowed. You know, everybody goes through the... Uh, uh, um, an experience and uh, you you have your own doctor or it has to be approved by the ATP or the ITF the medical staff so everything that they take and they get tested on it anyways so even if they do take stuff uh, afterwards there's, there's even if you lose or sometimes they, they, they test you during and sometimes right at the end of, the, of, of, of tournaments it's randomly you don't know when and uh, uh, all the and you'll see sometimes when there's an injury, you'll see the physio come on and you'll see probably another guy and that's the doctor. The doctor is then the official doctor of that tournament and he is allowed to give them something that he feels is appropriate. Okay. Thanks for that clarity, Coach. And then in the women's draw, six of the top ten seeds fell in the first week. But was there any doubt about Iga Schweintek winning the title considering her dominance in recent times and what makes her so good? No, hundred percent. I think she's she's just one of uh, of uh, of those girls that just stood out. I mean, two years ago she won the French Open, and now suddenly she showed that, especially with Barty retiring, she is rightfully the number one player in the world, having thirty five matches, you know, on a winning streak. And she's just, I think, uh, such a hard worker, so disciplined, and uh, uh, um, and and very much goal driven. She wants to prove a point that she 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 didn't just win French Open the first time. Now she's done it the second time. She wants to the end the year, and she's by miles ahead, number one in the world. And uh, she's an incredible worker, an uh, incredible human being, and she just keeps on striving for, for more and more. And there's somebody here that says, I feel so bad for Coco Goff, and we saw her. She was in tears there. Um, how does she look at this loss, uh, Coach? Because she's only 18. I'm sure there will be more. No, 100%. You know, it's always nice to, to win your first time, but unfortunately, you're playing against the best player in the world. You're playing against a player that's very confident at the moment. You're 18 years old. What do you take from it? You've got to say to yourself, hang on, I've just been, uh, you know, beaten by the best player in the world. Yes, I maybe I didn't perform as I wanted to, but let's take the positives. Let's take about all the six matches before this. Let's learn from being in the final, how did I uh, go? Why did I practice the day before? Uh, should I have done something different? Did I do something different? There's so much to be learned. Or you can just say, hang on, this player just played absolutely amazing. I did nothing wrong. So I'm sure she will discuss it with the team. And she have, I have no doubt that she will win a Grand Slam or even more in the future to come. Okay. And then finally, we know you always have players at this Grand Slams. Coach Jeff could say, did you have anybody this time around? 
Yes, I mean, my two guys from Belgium that I coach, Joran Fiegen and Sander Jill, uh, um, we lost in the third round of the doubles, 7-6 uh, in the third, tough match, a match we should have won, and then Joran lost in the finals of the mix. It's only their third year sort of uh, in the Grand Slam or in this level, so I think it's a good progress for me. I'm happy with the results. And, uh, you know, obviously it, they're going into the grass court season, which is not their favorite, but I would like to change that for them and be with them. I'm home now for a few days before I leave Thursday for the grass court season. So I'm looking forward to that. Okay, Coach, always a pleasure talking to you. Thanks for taking our call on SAFM. Great, thank you. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you, Coach Jeff Kutsia there, helping us look back at the French Open, I guess. There was never any doubt that Nadal would win it, especially after he beat um, Djokovic in that quarterfinal. And Bruce Davidson actually also said it to us that whoever wins that quarterfinal will go and win it. But I know that semifinal didn't end the way that many people would have wanted it to end. The one against uh, Zverev, but he was dominant in that win over um, Kaspar Ruud in the final and 14 and I say I've had a lot of people saying that there must be uh, the, the uh, what Philip Chatiacourt must be named after Rafael Nadal even the whole tournament just named it after Rafael Nadal 115 matches he's won 112 of them and he's only lost three times